Good day. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Rabbi Ben. Hi, Rabbi Shoshana. I am Rabbi Charna Rosenholz, and we are excited to offer you four worlds of Torah. Torah is a place in which we can all journey together deep within this book, which, uh, as my teacher, uh, Rabbi um, Amichai Lau-Levine, reminds us is the longest standing bestseller. There's a reason this book has lasted as long as it has, because it has deep gems and deep jewels and deep treasures within it. In fact, one could say that all the problems of becoming human are embedded deep within the Torah, and that not only does it have the problems of the human experience, but also the solutions and or the antidotes. And together we want a journey to be able to dive in to say, what are the vitamins that we can get from this ancient and holy book in order to guide our lives and to settle our minds and to give us a sense of inspiration. So that is the journey we're going to take. One other thing I want to offer to you. We very much believe that Torah is a treasure chest. And sometimes imagine that you, you go into a cave and you see a treasure chest and you're so excited and you walk in and you open it up. And the first thing you say is, oh my God, it's cobwebs and spiders. Now you could run out of the room and say, forget it. I'm not going to deal with those cobwebs or spiders. Um, or you can brush them off and go deeper. Sometimes those cobwebs and spiders is the literal. We can get stuck in the literal. Yet we know to go a little bit deeper. And then you'll see some of the jewels, the, the smaller jewels on top. You'll get these beauty, these senses of beauty and understanding. That's the midrash. The midrash gives us an understanding of kind of the moral lessons embedded in Torah. But we keep digging deeper into the treasure chest because the heavier stones are going to sink to the bottom. Then you have these stones, these very unusual stones. You don't even know what they are. What is this gem? It's beautiful, but I don't understand it. This would be like the remes, which gives us hints and allusions to deeper intellectual levels that we can uncover. And then, of course, at the very bottom of the treasure chest are the big, heavy jewels that are not easy to get to. Those are often the mystical meanings. All four of these realms of study, we will touch on and off through the course of our learning together, and we look forward to sharing our insights with you. We will explore here over time Sometimes we understand that there are different kinds of learning. We will try to use our left brain, our right brain, our auditory, our visual, perhaps even our kinesthetic from time to time. So friends, please journey with us as we explore this territory together. Of course, we start this morning at the very beginning um, with the book of Genesis and I have a nickname for every book of the Torah. Um, I'm entering my 30th year of weekly Torah study. And my nickname for Genesis is the Book of Dysfunctional Families. We're going to have the opportunity to really explore relationship and often how not to do it um, and what are the seeds for how to do it. Um, and um, I'm just very excited about this. And so we begin... And we're going to begin with an amazing verse, chapter one, verse six. Vayomer Elohim yehi rakia betoch hamayim, vihi mavdil ben mayim 
lamayim. Elohim said, let there be a rakia, which I'm leaving untranslated on purpose, betoch hamayim, in the midst of the water, and let it separate between the water and the water. So this reminds me of um, something that happened. I went up into the National Park uh, two days after Rosh Hashanah. I live just outside of Rocky Mountain National Park. And there's a place I go in which it's a contemplative place that is a bit of a visionary place for me. Um, I've been there with you, Rabbi Shoshana, before. And I was really trying to understand what is this rakia? And I looked and I had this amazing vision. And I had this vision of these kind of filaments, this filaments of structure that reminded me actually of DNA, of how DNA is a strand of information that has and uh, within it, all of the codes of a human experience. And those codes include all that was going to happen and all the potential of will happen. So it was as if that rakia was this flow of sparkling filament lights that were densely packed one on top of another that existed between realms and that there is a way to access that information. Mm. When you say between realms, what are those realms? Well, I would love Rabbi Ben to hear what you have to say about that because there's something about that which is boundless and that which is bound, or as I'd like to say, how does I, as an infinite spark of God's life, get stuffed into this bag of, of skin and bones? You know, it's kind of a funny thing. And what are those transition points? So could you share a little bit, Rabbi Ben, of your perspective on that? Well, I'd love to hear um, Rabbi Shoshana's uh, midrash that you've been quoting. Okay. Um, the 10th century midrash from um, Midrash Konin, it's a lesser known corpus of teachings, midrash, uh, says, don't actually read that word rakia, sometimes translated as firmament, expanse, vault, between the lower and the upper waters. Don't read it as rakia, but read that word as instead kriya. Kriya is the ribbon or the clothing that we tear when we've separated from a loved one and our heart will never be healed completely. There's a tearing in the fabric of the heart that is our world's version of a tearing in the fabric of creation. So that is the separation between the world to come and this world. Perhaps that's what the lower waters and the upper waters um, symbolize. Right, and so the so I think there's two different meanings here. One is the one that you gave, Rabbi Charna, which is that the rakia sort of has uh, compressed or stored information of all of it, of the boundless, of all of the boundless. Uh, and this midrash is that the rakia is what makes it what makes it bound, right? It was what creates the boundary 
from the boundaryless, which is my translation of the Ein Sof, uh, the infinite, is the bound, bound, boundless or the endless, right? So the boundless becomes boundaried with the rakia, but there's also a sense of it having all of everything, the whole infinite boundlessness in potential. I wonder what you think about that, Rabbi Charna. <laughs> the whole boundless in potential, it's hard to live a place from that boundless realm. What is it about the human experience um, and its connection to emotions that's part of this story? Um, so Rabbi Shoshana, when you talk about how grief can tear at something that brings new awareness and new understanding, what, what that elicits or arouses within me is this sense of how the human experience that has the capacity to feel and to love and to actually, you know, in the boundless time and space don't matter, but in the bound truth of the human experience of the Adam, time and space does matter. And when we lose somebody and they're released back to that boundless, it shakes up our experience. So you speak about how grief tears at something and that then we can pull down new information in that emotional state, in that yearning. This brings up the importance of yearning, feeling your feelings, and it's an invitation to enter our grief as a as a as a tool for um, really exploring the human experience, finding out what we're capable of. And when we run away from our grief, we run away from really expressing our full potential. I don't want to get it into it now, but I've done a deep study on the neurophysiology of suppressing one's grief, and it literally changes brain chemistry. It limits pre-cortex, frontal cortex thinking. It ups our, um, our hypervigilance and anxiety. Expressing our grief is so important. So thank you for helping us understand what is it in the human experience. There are many of course, many kinds of grief and it's small grief, you know, the leaf that falls, oh, it's so beautiful. The child who loses his last childhood tooth, you know, it's not just the big grief that we all It's face. every, it's feeling being inside the human experience. So what is it about the Adam and who is the Adam? So fully human is how we can access as a portal to something beyond. Sort of so that's the second paradox now we've spoken about. We've spoken about this paradox of this, like the infinite mm. and the finite and how the rakia is in between this. And now this sense of how being fully human actually accesses our capacity to reach right. up high. Because we're human made of both heavenly and earthly. Rabbi I Rabbi. want to get back to this idea of uh, not just grief, but, but, the human tendency to avoid difficult emotions, um, uh, whether that be grief or anxiety um, or sadness or anger, fear, uh, fear, right? Any of those difficult emotions 
we tend to try and avoid them in whatever way we can. So the, whether that's uh, addictive behavior, um, like, uh, you know, consuming something in order to shut off the feelings, whether that be shopping or drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. Um, TV. Or, or TV game, or spiritual. Gaming, or so many things. Spiritual experiences, right? Spiritual bypassing, right? Getting high spiritually. Um, uh, mm. and, uh, and, and that to me is the core of what true spiritual experience is all about. It's, it's sitting with the difficult emotions, not letting them consume you, uh, but not pushing them away either right so so it's that balance between uh allowing allowing them to be in allow and pushing them away and how does that relate back to the rakia well the rakia to me right is that separation between what all what we all want what we all want is uh, is transcendence right? is happiness is is boundless joy uh but being a mortal being in this world it, with the rakia in the world that's bound by the rakia we can't experience it's it's not all you can't be one with the universe in every moment you have to be bound you, things people die you know that the the five remembrances of of Buddha, of buddhism right they say that that uh the first one is we're all going to we're all going to die then we're all going to get sick. We're all going to get old. And then the fourth one is sort of the most profound. And everything and everyone that we hold dear will change and pass. And the fifth one? The fifth one is that our actions are our only true possessions. That what we do, the ripples that we create through the, the acts of goodness and, and through the people that we touch and the, and the, uh, and the things that we do in this world, that's the only thing that we inherit. We live in the lower That's the waters. only thing that's permanent, that's lasting, you know, is in, and to me, that's, that's love and that's imagination and that's creativity. And that is the rakia in a way, right? That is that, that encoded information in the rakia. Like that's, that's what lasts in a way. Mm. So Torah, there's an association in, in the Midrash between the rakia experience and the, and the revelation of Torah. So Torah can also, and starting this podcast, it can be our rakia for connecting with that realm, but being in the world, right? We really want this podcast to be about this world, this life. There's another midrash, uh, which is from Bereshit Rabbah. Uh, and it says that in the beginning of time, before anything existed, Chochmah, wisdom, which is Torah, was dancing before God uh, and playing before God. Uh, and then God, with the help of wisdom, created the universe. Uh, and that's, to me, the, in, in I think it's um, Sanskrit, there's this word, um, lila, which means play. Uh, and and being in and studying Torah, be what we're doing right now, being in this mo in this world of uh, bound this bound world, it allows for play. It allow and that's and that's what 
that's what it's all about, right? You know, it's about it's about engaging in the dance, engaging in the song, engaging so, in. Yeah. So let me just kind of jump in here quickly because I know we have to come in for a landing soon. Um, that word you say, you know, action, it's about action is our true kind of inheritance. That word action is, that's our karma. Our karma is our action. And so we have this capacity to be in charge of our actions. We can let our actions drive us or we can will our actions in order to access our creative power. So I just want to very quickly share this verse about uh, chapter 26 and 7. You know, let us make human kindness in our image after our, our likeness. And here we have, and God created and created the Elohim, the imminent face of God. This Elohim is now going to create the Adam, the earthling, in Selim, B'Tselim, B'Tselmo, B'Tselim, in this image of the Elohim, creating a one being that is masculine and feminine, created as one. In other words, we as the Adam, the earthling, the one who emerges from the earth, from the Adama, we have this capacity like the Elohim to create. We have this power to create. We have this capacity to arouse from below in order to arouse from below and so that we can then reach up and pull down the possibilities through our karma, through our actions. We, you, I am the creator of my life if I spend the time to go deeply into my human feelings, into my actual experiences, and take full responsibility for my actions. These texts become kind of like a, a little guidebook, a little, we get a peek into cosmological structure and we can figure out how to utilize that for our own unfolding, or as the Or HaChayim says, he reminds us that since we are in the image of God, these two images, we have this images of being recognizable as an Adam, but also we have an Elohim nature, which is the hidden spiritual that we can access and become incredible artists of our own life. Beautiful. Right, and that's what, what that's how that's what's boundless, right? That's what's infinite. That's what's lasting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's the boundless as filtered through the rakia of, of this world, of the bound. And it becomes, you know, whereas I see the infinite, the boundless as like a circle, closed circle, I see our realm as a spiral, right? That it's, that it, there's a change element, but there's also a repetition element. Right, just yes. like just like the word shana in Hebrew, right? Shin and hey means to repeat. Leshanot is to repeat, uh, but it also means uh, to change. To change. Right. Right. Is, mishne is to repeat. Right. So, right. right. So, in this world, with our infinite and finite natures, we can change and repeat at the same time, and then woo. Then right. we take a spiral, right? And, and in some senses, we are 
we're we're the children of God, meaning we're like the next development beyond the boundless because we can be in both realms, which is maybe so. So let's bless the people, including ourselves. May we touch the infinite, the holiest realms beyond in our dream world, in nature, in Torah, in music, and bring it through, bring it down, make it real, bring compassion, alleviating suffering, kindness, generosity, all the qualities of the divine that we embody and that we embrace both the challenged aspects of our lives and ourselves, including our grief, and also the great, powerful, magnificent, beautiful, creative power of each of us in co-creating the world. Amen. Amen. Amen.